Well, everybody, welcome to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here, uh, and I have the privilege and honor to be able to bring you guys the message today. And today I've entitled the message, Am I Really Precious? Am I Am I Really Precious? Uh, when I was actually uh, titling this message, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, but the Lord of the Rings, right? You have you have uh, Smeagol or Gollum, whichever one, uh, you know, is is on the screen at the time with his personality. Uh, you know, it, it, he, he's always calling uh, the ring precious. My precious. <laughs> it's such a strange uh, character, probably the best character in the Lord of the Rings, though. People love that. But am I really precious? Normally, I like to start off my sermons with some sort of gaming reference that kind of make brings everything full circle during the sermon. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring those examples and those references out during the a couple of the points later on in the sermon. So I wanted to begin with this though. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. The leaders here at God Squad Church aren't perfect. Your pastors, your leaders people that you look up to, your parents, nobody is perfect and you aren't perfect either. The only human that was able to be perfect while being on the face of this earth was Jesus. Nobody has ever been able to attain that perfection except for Jesus. And sometimes, honestly, this can be seen as a really discouraging thing. I'm not going to lie. Like, like basically we have these standards that we want to be able to live up to, and we feel like we should be able to live up to them. But when we fail and we don't live up, up to those standards, those moral standards that we have, it is discouraging sometimes. And so Jesus today, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to continue on in Luke. We're going to be moving into chapter 12 and Jesus has a message for his disciples here. He gives them Basically, he gives them a warning, but then on top of the warning, he gives them encouragement as well. And so the first thing that we're going to talk about is the hidden things in our life. The hidden things. We all have hidden things. We all have our deep, dark secrets. We all have our deep, dark secrets. And we're going to talk about a strong warning that Jesus gives to his disciples in just a second. But as kids, if you guys remember your childhood at all, I remember mine uh, pr pretty vividly for the most part, uh, we always received teaching or warning from people with more wisdom than us. Maybe you, you received uh, you know, a teaching or warnings from your parents. I received a lot of those as a child. Don't do this because this could happen. Or they would just say, don't do this, and they wouldn't even give me a reason why. Maybe I would have to fail on my own for some odd reason to be able to learn what it was that I shouldn't have been doing. But I remember one specific time I got I got I got bunk beds, okay? I, I was I was I was I was in the same room with my brother. We had bunk beds. One was uh, one was on top, the other was on the bottom, it was under it like this. It wasn't it was it, sometimes it was under it, but I remember for the most part it was under it like this. So it was like sitting at a T. And my parents said, they warned me, do not jump off the top bunk bed onto the bottom one. Okay, pretty pretty fair warning to be completely honest. But at the age of probably seven or eight years old, I mean, eh, I, 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 I could get away with it. I could get away with it from time to time. I'm I'm nimble on my feet. I'm athletic as a kid. I'm invincible as a kid. You know, you know what I mean. But they gave me that warning to not jump down onto the bottom bed because I did sleep on the top. 
so they probably were fearing for me to get hurt somehow, right? Whether it be hitting my head on the ceiling because it was pretty close to the ceiling on the top bunk. Maybe I missed the jump a little bit. Maybe I hit the floor instead, or maybe I hit the base of the the base or the head of the bed on the bottom and hit the wood and you know hurt my knee or my foot. Whatever could happen at that point, but they didn't want me to get hurt essentially. But even after this warning, every single Saturday morning, I would wake up, I would jump down to the bottom bed where my big brother normally was, uh, where he normally slept, and, and I would walk out of the room. Well, one Saturday morning, one Saturday morning, my brother didn't get out of bed yet. And he was uh, sleeping all the way under the covers so that I couldn't actually see him. It just kind of looked like that the bed was made. And to be completely honest, if I was more aware of my surroundings and I did more than just a quick glance at the bed, I probably should have noticed that there was a large lump under the sheets that was moving because he was breathing at the moment. And soon enough, he would not be breathing so well. <laughs> so I, I jumped off the top bunk, knees first, right into his chest. And my brother probably had the worst wake-up call of his entire life. And all I heard, I, I, I can't even describe the sound that I heard. It was like, it was a very muffled and and struggling oof i guess you can say I, don't, I really don't know how to describe the sound and then i heard wheezing and so as the little brother you know i'm about three years younger than my big brother as i i, I ran i did not check to see if he was okay i i all i didn't care about him i feared for my life at that point i feared that i was going to die and i ran out of that room as fast as i possibly could <laughs> Not my best moment. One of my fails. I could have probably used that as a fail during Waymaker Week. But that was one of the things that happened. And to be completely honest, my parents' warning that they gave me, I didn't, I didn't apply it to my life. And it was for my safety. But apparently, it was also for my brother's safety as well. Honestly, uh, he came out and he, he was pretty calm about the whole situation, to be completely honest. Uh, I was very surprised about that. Maybe, I don't know why. But he, he kind of came out and he was like, bro. What what the heck? <laughs> like what were you thinking? So, anyways, apart from that, Jesus here, he wants to give a warning to his disciples. He knows that the time of his death is getting closer and closer, and he knows that soon that these are the individuals, the people that have been following him, they're gonna be the one that are carrying his name, that are carrying the banner of Jesus Christ after his death and resurrection. And so he comes to them with a warning and he cautions them. And so that's where we're going to start in Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And it says this, Meanwhile, a crowd of many thousands came together so that they were trampling on one another. Jesus is getting very popular, right? We've been seeing him being extremely popular. He's getting even more and more popular. And he began to say to his disciples, be on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. First off, I want you to picture something. 
Put a seven in the chat if you've played Fall Guys before. Put a seven. I, I've played a lot of Fall Guys. I'll be completely honest. I don't play it a lot anymore. I normally play it like once every six months now if we have a community event or like during like uh, Waymaker or during SquadCon, things like that. But I used to play it a lot. And I remember one of the very first games that I, I honestly really liked at the beginning. A lot of people didn't like it, but I did. The DoorDash event. If you guys remember the DoorDash event that they had in Fall Guys, they still have it today. But essentially, if you guys have never played Fall Guys or if you forget what it was, you would have – you would start off and there would be like like probably like, I don't know, not 10 necessarily, but maybe like eight doors or seven doors that are right in front of you. And a few of them are fake, and some of them are real doors. If you find a fake door, you jump into it and you just kind of bounce backwards. And you always have the people that are just, they just rush headfirst into doors and hoping that they're going to find the right door to be able to choose as they continue. And as you continue on, the doors get, there. there's less and less doors and there's more doors that are fake than there are that are real as you continue on. And finally, finally, you hit that final row. You hit that final row and there's three doors. One of them is real and the other two are fake. And when that one person finds the real door it is an absolute it's insane to try and get through that door because you have 60 people at this point who are trampling on each other who are diving through the hole people pulling each other backwards people bumping off each other tripping over each other literally trying to get through this one door and so when i think about jesus at this point this is this is what i think about the people are trying to get to jesus they're trying it's like it's like Black Friday. It's like you guys remember before before COVID and all that, before like stores had parameters set up, like people were actually getting injured. A few people even died because people were trampling on other people because they wanted to be able to go get their PlayStation or their Xbox and get this clearance sale on this TV. I remember one year reading a post about this lady who pepper sprayed a bunch of people to get an Xbox. To get to get an Xbox, she was pepper spraying people. She eventually turned herself in. But the fact of the matter was she was just trying to get an Xbox. At least these people were trying to get something that's like good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the fact of the matter is this was the thing. This is what I think about when it says that people are trampling on each other. They're trying so hard to get closer to Jesus that they're actually trampling on each other. But before Jesus addresses the crowd, he sees the crowd. He sees all the different people. He sees the trampling, I'm sure. He speaks directly to the disciples, and he says that hypocrisy is like leaven. So if you don't know what hypocrisy is, essentially it's claiming that you have morals or a standard of belief, and you're not living up to that moral or standard belief that you have or that you believe in. And you claim to have it, but I'm not going to do it. And then you have the leaven, right? The leaven, it, it, it's used in bread. And it, a little bit of leaven, essentially what it does, it makes the dough rise. That's how you get the, the, the bread that's, 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 that's not just flat bread. Um, <clears throat> and it spreads very quickly. So Jesus knows that just a little bit of hypocrisy in someone will spread quickly to other areas of your life. Now. To be completely honest, I don't think anybody likes being called a. I don't think anybody likes being called a, a hypocrite. Like, oh, you're a hypocrite because you did this, or it's kind of like it's kind of like um what what you may have heard on TV, or maybe your parents even said this. Don't uh you know do what I say, don't do what I do, or don't do what I do, do what I say. Those types of things, like that's actually being a hypocrite at that point because you're claiming that you should be doing something and teaching somebody that you should do something. 
but you yourself are not doing it. And so, like I said, I don't think anybody likes being uh, called a hypocrite, but if we're all completely honest, in some area at some point in time in our life, and probably more than once, we've been a hypocrite. We've told people not to do this, but then when we're by ourselves or when we're with specific people or uh, you know, maybe, maybe with, your, with your family or with your spouse, you're doing the exact thing that you've been telling other people that they shouldn't be doing themselves. And the disciples at this point, they're basically under a microscope. They're get, like I said, Jesus is getting really popular. And the disciples are with him all, all, all the time. And so they're under a microscope at this point that every little thing that they say, every little thing that they do, everybody is looking straight at them to see what they're going to do and to see what they're going to say. So if they said something, but they didn't live up to it, it would be made known to many people because of the rising popularity of being with Jesus. But I don't think this just happens with hypocrisy. So I want you guys to ask yourself this question, really. Is there something hidden inside of me that needs to be changed? It could be hypocrisy, but it could be something else as well, like something that you, your deep, dark secrets. If, is there something that's hidden inside of you that you know that God needs to come in and transform a specific part of your life? It needs to be changed. And honestly, something that can happen, and I've seen this happen many times, not only in my own life, it's happened to me as well, but in other people's lives as well, is we can be blind to our own sin. If we lie about it enough or if we justify it enough, we can actually be blind to our own sin. We don't recognize that we're actually hurting other people. We don't recognize that the things that we're saying to other people are tearing them down or the things that we're just doing just in general. It's it, the, the, the whole point of the leaven, it says uh, when I said it spreads quickly, when we have sin that's in our lives, it starts to spread very quickly. And it doesn't just spread so that it's affecting that part in that area of our life. Yes, it does, but it starts to overflow and it starts to spread to other parts of our lives. There's a, there, there, there's different all the different aspects of our life start to change at that point because it starts to spread like wildfire, and it spreads very quickly. But the thing is, is you may be able to hide things from other people at least at the beginning, but you're unable to hide it from God. And honestly, and I've seen this on more than one occasion, eventually, if you have things that are hidden in your life, eventually it will be revealed in the open. Eventually it will be revealed to other people. So then we get to this point, what can I do about it then? What can I do about it right now? I want to encourage you today, like I said, analyze your life, See if there's anything hidden. Pray this prayer. Ask God to help you to recognize the sin in your life. Because I guarantee you, if you ask him that question, there will be things that he will start to open up to you that you will not realize has been affecting you, has been affecting your relationships, has been affecting other people. And you're going to start to realize a bunch of new things about yourself. Ask God to reveal things in your life. I, I encourage you to do this. Even if you think there is nothing there, I encourage you today and throughout this week, ask God to reveal something to you if there's something wrong that's in you. But I want to encourage you today that if you do find that you have hidden things in your life, 
like hypocrisy or addictions or, or uh, struggles and brokenness and all the different things that happen in our lives. What I want you to do is get some people in your life that you trust and reveal these things to them. Reveal to them your struggles and your brokenness. Because there's a lot of truth in the verse of James chapter 5, verse 16. And James says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. It's not that anyone else can heal you. Only God can save you from your sins. Only God is the one who is able to, to heal you and to cleanse you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, let's get that out of the way. But the fact of the matter is that the healing process can begin when you start to talk to other people so that they can keep you accountable, so that they can check in on you, so that they can help you to walk the path of righteousness because you haven't been on that path for a long time or for a little while or for this one specific area of your life, whatever that might look like. Go to someone that you trust. I promise you, this is the best thing that you can do. When you're talking to somebody that you can trust, when they're going to keep you accountable, that will help you in so many different areas of your life. If you really want to defeat these things, I was, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day, actually, I said this multiple times this week. I was, I was doing a teaching for, um, for XP groups. And I, and, and I, I look at, I look at what Jesus talked about when he says to cut off your, 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 your hands, if it, if it cut, cut off your right hand, if it causes you sin, gouge out your eye, if it causes, like he says, and honestly, if we actually did those things, we'd probably all be limbless and we'd all be blind at this point because we, we've, uh, things, our bodies have caused us to sin. But essentially what I think Jesus is getting at here is not to actually cut off your hand, your hand, not to actually gouge out your eye. He's saying, how far are you willing to take it to defeat this sin in your life? Are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to go the extra distance to make sure that this is not going to be in your life? Are you willing to do this so that you can be on the path of righteousness, so you can be in a closer relationship with your Savior, so you can be in a closer relationship with the creator of the entire earth? Are you willing to go the extra mile to cut it out of your life? So I encourage you, go the extra mile. Do the things that you need to do to be able to cut out those things in your life. What is hidden in you today? But then Jesus, he kind of changes everything at this point, and he goes into a completely different conversation, and we're going to talk about right now what to fear, what to actually fear in our lives, and honestly, we're going to talk about what not to fear as well. This past week, I was uh, I was playing through a, a new DLC campaign. Let's go for Final Fantasy 16, not 14, 16. Okay, it's a different game. <laughs> I'll get that out there. And I'm in the hardest mode of the game. Okay, I'm in the hardest mode. It's uh, it, it's called Final Fantasy mode, actually, and it's the hardest mode in the game, and it's really really difficult. And so throughout playing it, throughout playing this DLC that just came out this past week. There were multiple bosses that you had to go against in this absolutely massive dungeon, this huge tower that you had to continue climbing that the game created. So some of the bosses, they were extremely difficult to beat. Some of them were honestly more horrific or scary looking than they actually were as well. So I, you, you're going through the dungeon. You have some times that you die. You have some times that you were like, wow, that was really a, a mini boss battle. Like that was super easy. 
but I was truly challenged by the final boss of the DLC. Definitely the hardest. I'm not going to give away what it was because it's a huge spoiler to people that haven't played it yet. But it was almost like the game was teasing me. Like, like of what to expect or to, or what to be afraid of until the boss finally came out at the end. It, it was almost as if the game was saying, you really shouldn't be afraid of these things. You should really be afraid of this. And this is when the boss comes out at the end. And it, it was, it, honestly, it was kind of an insane fight, to be completely honest. But then let's go back to the story here. Let's go back to Jesus. He turns the conversation into a different direction. And it's difficult to under, it's difficult to understand who he's actually talking to at this point because he's obviously got he's got his disciples he's got the people around him so most people believe that he's still talking to his disciples but also so that the crowd can plainly hear him and he starts to talk about fear so Luke chapter 12 verses 4 through 5 it says this Jesus says I say to you my friends don't fear those who kill the body and after that can do nothing more but I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. So how can we connect <laughs> what Jesus was just talking about to talking about fear? How can we connect these two things? Jesus is telling his followers to be ready for persecution. The hypocrites will always despise the faithful. The people that are being faithful will be despised by the world. We've been told this by Jesus multiple times throughout the New Testament that you will be despised if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, be ready for persecution. Faithful followers of Jesus will be persecuted. But he's saying, no matter what people can do to you, no matter what the persecution looks like, do not fear them. Fear something else. Throughout the, throughout the Bible, we hear people say to, to fear God, essentially, and, and, and what that essentially means. And most of the time, when we hear this, we look at, we look at the word fear and what it meant in the Hebrew word and what it meant in the Greek and, and really the fact that it meant to be in awe of God. And there's so much more that goes into that. I, I've preached about that before, but it, 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 that's what a lot of people like to give it in a nutshell, to be in awe of who God is. So not to go into that too much right now, because that's actually a different point. Jesus is stating here that God, the Father, he has the final judgment. He has the authority to throw people into hell after they die. And the fact of the matter is, hell is a real place. And to be honest, it should be something that scares us. Now, I'm not saying that people should come to know Jesus because they're scared of something. I do think that there are definitely genuine stories and, and genuine repentance when people do hear this and they, they are scared of what God the Father can do and that hell and when they learn that hell is a real place. I'm not saying that's always the start for everybody. I think there's other genuine repentance that comes with just starting a relationship with Jesus in a different way. But the fact of the matter is hell is a scary place. It's complete and utter. It, there's, it, it, a lot of people say that God isn't present in hell, but I would beg to differ because his wrath is present there. And so it should be something that we're fearful of. But the thing is, the beautiful thing about all of this 
is that Jesus doesn't end here. He doesn't just say, here's the hidden things in your lives. You should do these things to get them out. And then he, he goes into fear and what to be fearful of. He also has something on top of it, all of that. He doesn't just end it there. Even though God is the final judge and hell is a very real thing, he also shows us that there's mercy and grace to be found with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And so what I want you guys to put in the chat real quick, I like to do this, put I am precious because I believe that each and every one of you, that you are precious. Put it in the chat. Spam it in the chat. Put it in all capitals that I am precious. I am. You need to say it to yourself. Sometimes we need to say it to ourselves every single day, every single day of our lives that I am precious. Sometimes we don't believe that. So at this point, we've analyzed in our lives. We've talked about the hidden things that we have in our lives. We talked about hypocrisy and also what to fear and what not to fear. But it's not all doom and gloom at this point. No matter where you are in your life right now, no matter what you did yesterday, no matter what you did this morning, no matter what you did last week, that you are precious in God's eyes. And so let's read Luke chapter 12, verses 6 through 7. Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Indeed, the hairs on your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. You are valuable to God and you are precious to him. Sometimes as humans, and I've been here as well many times, we get to this point when we feel like we're worthless, that no one cares about us. It could be from people, it, it can be from people in our past, but we're told here that that we hold so much more value to God than even the sparrows. And yet God doesn't forget about the sparrows. So if God doesn't forget about the sparrows and you're worth more than the sparrows, he definitely won't forget about you. Jesus even says that the numbers of your hair, uh, the, the number of hairs uh, that you have is numbered. And if you're interested, the average uh, number of hair of a redhead is 90,000. Average hair, uh, average number of, uh, I believe it's uh, dark haired people is about 120,000. And the average hairs on somebody's head who's blonde is 145,000. There you go. Now you know, you know how many hairs you have on your head. But the fact of the matter is you are not worthless to God, that he sees everything down to even the smallest detail such as the number of hairs that you have on your head. No matter what you've been told in the past, no matter if, if it was your parents that told you that you were worthless, if it was a teacher, if it was a friend, if it was, uh, if it, if it, if it was uh, a boss, you are not worthless. You are unique and you are precious to God. He loves you with a perfect amount of love. He can never love you anymore. He can never love you any less. His love is absolutely perfect the way that it is. And he created each and every one of you for a unique purpose. Something that I teach during our XP path is that everybody is a 10 somewhere. I truly believe that everyone is unique. I truly believe that everyone has a purpose. The God of all of creation the God of all of creation, the God that created all of the stars, the God that created the entire earth, the God that 
opened his mouth and things just, just, he just spoke everything into existence. He is the one that says that you are worth it, that you are valuable. He wants to be in relationship with you. I, I didn't think I was going to talk about this today, but when I think about this, I think about the book of Genesis. And in, in the book of Genesis, God creates he, he creates everything, right? He speaks everything into existence. He speaks the animals into his existence. He speaks the sky into existence, the waters, all, everything into existence. He speaks into existence. But then he gets to humans and he takes dust from the ground and he creates man. And then he takes a rib from the man and he creates women. And what he does or what he did was he breathed the breath of life into man. Now, the word breath, in the, back when it was used in Genesis, the way that it was used in the Hebrew language, it didn't just mean the breath that we have, that we, that, you know, the scientific breath. It actually meant that he breathed his spirit into man. The Holy Spirit was breathed into man. There's something different here. There's something that he, there's something completely different than just speaking everything into existence. There's something completely different going on here with humans. You are precious to him. You are valuable to him. He knitted you in your mother's womb with a specific plan for your life. And I want you to know that today because I know there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people in our community because I've talked to a lot of people where they feel like that they are not worth it. You are worth so much more, so much more than you could ever imagine. And God loves you with, like I said, a perfect amount of love. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. Even knowing that you would abandon him one day, even knowing that you would fall into temptation, even knowing that you would at times be yelling at him, be aggravated with him because of what's going on in your life, even in the times that you didn't believe in him, he still sent your, his son Jesus to die on the cross, knowing the hidden things that are in your life. Even during the times when you were completely faithless, he stayed faithful because you know what? He wants to be in a relationship with you. I think that all of us, I think that all of us at times, we feel a, a little afraid of feeling worthless because it's not a good feeling. So we feel afraid of feeling worthless or being told that we're worthless, especially when we mess up. But Jesus says this, he says, don't be afraid. And then he goes on to tell you, that you are precious. You are precious. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I thank you, God, so much. Even with all of my faults, even with the things that I've done in the past and the things that I'm going to do in the future, I thank you so much that you still love me, that you still love us. I know that all of us at times in our lives, we definitely have been hypocrites. We've definitely had those hidden things. We've definitely been fearful of the things that you've told us not to be fearful of because our eyes are completely in a different direction and they're not focused on you. 
I thank you that you have stayed faithful and true and that you continually every single day remind us that we are worth it, that you think that we are worth it even with all of our faults and failures. I thank you, God, so much for that. I pray that today, that as we're going throughout the entire week, as we wake up tomorrow morning or as we get off of uh, getting off of being with each other today in Discord or wherever we're going to go, I pray that we would remember that we are precious in your eyes and that you love us so much. Because I know there are times that all of us feel like that there is no love there in our lives for one reason or another. Thank you, God. Thank you for letting us know that we are precious in your sight. And I thank you for all the blessings that you've poured out into our lives. We give you praise and we thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 In the chat, guys, if you enjoyed that sermon, if it blessed you, encouraged you, put the amens in the chat, put the hearts in the chat. And I know that he just had you put it in chat not too long ago, but I'm going to have you guys put it in chat again. I want to see I am precious just spammed in chat right now because that is so true. You are precious in God's sight. You are precious. You are loved. You are so, so, so valuable. You were created with a God-given purpose, and that applies to every single one of you. I know that that is something that sometimes a lot of us struggle to truly accept. We, we hear it, and we believe it for other people, but sometimes we struggle to believe that for ourselves because we often just focus on our flaws, right? But it is true for you and for me that we are precious. You are precious. And man, it was such a good challenge too in the beginning of the sermon. Um, just the reminder that we have things that are hidden in our heart that we need to rid ourselves of so that we're not hypocrites, right? And so I think that's a great reminder and challenge for us to be searching our heart, to be allowing God to search our heart to see, God, what is hidden inside of me that needs to be removed? Um, but regardless of whatever flaws that you have, you are loved and you are so precious. And that is such a beautiful sermon. Um, so thank you again, Pastor Boz, for that. And if there is anyone here who um, maybe through this sermon you'd like to give your heart to the Lord for the first time or rededicate your life to Jesus or um, maybe you're like, hey, you know what? Like I would love some help in my journey with my relationship with Jesus or maybe you'd like to get plugged in because the reality is is that we are meant to be in community, walking alongside of each other in our journeys, in our relationships with the Lord. And so we, we need to have community that can come alongside us to encourage us, to empower us, and to continue to push us towards Jesus. And so if you do not have a community like that, God Squad Church would love to be that for you. And so I'm going to encourage everyone here, you can put exclamation point connect in chat. This is our connect form. We shared this at the beginning of the service. I don't, I don't lie when I say this is our catch-all form. Um, so if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, um, 
uh, have a relationship with Jesus for the first time, if you'd like to learn more about God Squad Church, if you'd like to get plugged in, if you'd like um, prayer, or if you would like help walking on this journey of having a relationship with the Lord, um, anything along these lines, this form will help us to come alongside you and serve you in whatever ways that we can and so you can fill this out with as much information as you feel comfortable sharing and we will be connecting with you and some of the next steps that i can encourage you guys to take would be um if you are a new believer or maybe you have rededicated your life and you've never done this um, I want to encourage you guys that water baptisms are so incredible. They're a great next step if you haven't done it yet. Water baptism is really just a way of you going in front of the world and declaring that you are unashamed to follow Jesus. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. Um, and we do offer them here at God Squad Church. And so if you've never been water baptized, um, you can type exclamation point baptism in the chat and we have a class we can walk you through it you can learn more about what that looks like and why we do it so on and so forth and i definitely encourage you if you have not been water baptized that is a great next step for you to consider we also have an xp path if you're wondering hey i'm so glad to hear that i am valued and precious but what now what do i do with this information well i'd love to help you with that too so we have what we call our xp path and this is a way to help our community to discover their God-given purpose. You heard it earlier um, in Pastor Boz's sermon how he, in his XP path, there's three courses of the XP path. And in the course that he teaches, he teaches that everyone is a tenant something, right? And that's because God has created each and every one of us with gifts, talents, um, and a purpose for each and every one of us to fill out. And so... Our XP path is a great way for you to learn more about what your God-given purpose is. And so if you're interested in our XP path, you can put exclamation point XP path in the chat as well. Usually the classes are held after first service, um, but I know we're at second service right now. And so if first service doesn't work for you around 3 p.m. Eastern time, just reach out to one of our uh, lead team pastors, whether that's myself, Pastor Boz, or Pastor Daylight. And we'd love to figure something out, maybe schedule another time to do the class with you one-on-one um, -on -one whenever you are able to do so. And so that's our XP path. Um, and so I just want to thank all of you guys because all of this, all of what we do here at God Squad Church is possible because of your generosity, because of your generosity. I know... Uh, a few, I can't believe it's already been a few weeks, but a few weeks ago we ended our Waymaker event. But I believe that there is opportunity year-round for us to be Waymakers, for us to make a way for this mission that we have here at God Squad Church to continue, which is to simply reach more gamers for Jesus. We just want to spread the love of Jesus to gamers across the globe. That is all that we exist to do here. And so if you believe in that mission, if you have been impacted um, by this church, by God, and you want other gamers to experience the same thing that you have, right? It's not meant just for us to keep to ourselves. We need to be sharing this with other people so that more and more people can have the same opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and so I encourage you guys to prayerfully consider to be a waymaker. 
um, to make a way to continue to see God Squad Church meet our mission, reach our mission to reach more gamers for Jesus. And so um, it doesn't matter what amount you feel like you are to give. That's between you and God. Every penny counts. And so we're so thankful for you and your generosity and for considering it to become a way maker for us here at God Squad Church. Um, there are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give. You can put exclamation point give in the chat. Um, depending on what platform you're watching, you can go to the panel below, maybe the description below. You can go to our website, godsquadchurch.com slash give, or you can text any amount to the number 84321 if you live in the United States. And that is a fun and simple way. I said fun, but I mean, I guess it could be fun. <laughs> um, and so that's a simple way for you to give through text. And so again, thank you so much for your generosity and making what we do here at God Squad Church possible and for becoming a way maker 